0: Love Talk Radio. Good evening, this is Reverend Trish Hall, and I'm the spiritual leader of Center for Spiritual Living, Metro, which is the sponsor of Art of Living Spiritually. At CSO Metro, we invite you to be you with us. We invite you to open to your own divinity, discover your pure potentiality, and celebrate what is uniquely, awesomely you in every aspect of your life, to be mindfully, wonderfully you. Together, we open to the realization that we are all expressions of one divine creator. We feel the impulsion of spirit and the need to say yes to being spiritual activists growing individually, and supporting all other expressions of the divine. Sundays, we meet at 10 a.m. at the Arlington Arts Center, 3550 Wilson Boulevard in Arlington. Check us out at our website, www.cslmetro.org. Find out what else we're featuring and where. We are delighted that we are coming together to welcome 2017 and it's going to be a great year, not a better year, but a great year. When we put comparisons into it, it's because we're looking backward, and I prefer to look forward at all of the possibilities that are out in front of us. This evening, we're going to be talking about activism and spirituality. In light of the inauguration, the protests, the Women's March to Do, how are we to be? Some people who describe themselves as spiritual shy away from being activists because they align being spiritual with being a pacifist and they put uh, activism in a very different category. But I'd like to remind everyone, Jesus was most definitely spiritual and yet he was far from being a pacifist. He spoke his word. He took a stand for people he felt had been marginalized He took time alone to commune with God and he used affirmative prayer boldly declaring Lazarus arise or take your pallet and walk and all the other declarations of affirmative prayer. He took them and he spoke them and he was an absolutely great example He is quoted as having said, these things and greater shall you do. Was he not calling us to do as he did as well as what he said? This evening, we will delve into how it is to be a spiritual activist. Over the last few weeks, we've been investigating personal cosmologies. Your personal cosmology is all about living your spirituality or not, Your personal cosmology establishes the platform for how you show up in the world. It is the conglomeration of your beliefs woven into the beautiful tapestry of your life. Only one of the distinctions of a cosmological tapestry over a tapestry hanging on the wall is that you can reweave it any time you generally desire to do so and actually shift your beliefs. At your core, what do you believe? I've come up with some questions to ask you in order to reveal what are your core beliefs. Here are some points to ponder, to investigate personally and as courageously deeply as you are willing to go. So I suggest you might want to even write them down in order to spend some time with them over the next week. So the first one is, do you believe that there is only one cause or source uh, of all creation? I choose to call that source God, but you are welcome to call that source whatever works for you. And so do you believe there's only one, or do you believe that there are competing forces responsible for for creation? Do you believe that we are all interconnected? Or do you believe that we are separate, isolated beings? Do you believe that we have the power to change our lives? Or do you believe that your your lot is cast, you're stuck with it, and you must endure it? Do you believe that heaven is inside you and all others? Or do you believe that you must strive in this life in order to earn a better hereafter? Do you believe in hell? Or do you believe that you are quite capable of creating your own personal hell here on earth? These are just a few, but they are very basic questions. They are foundational questions. Whether your belief is in a single cause, because if it is in a single cause, then we are automatically all connected because we have that one source as our our collective source, so contemplate those questions. There is so much to be gleaned from peeling back our um, our own worldview uh, from looking at how we are How we've put our cosmology together, and there's another way of revealing what our core beliefs are, and that is working with feedback. I mentioned that last week that feedback can be a tremendous guide, Well feedback can be the source of coming to coming becoming acquainted with what you really believe, perhaps not what you say you believe. Sometimes uh, feedback is even more powerful in how it opens us up to see what our beliefs have brought into our lives. When we become our own mindful observer, and if and we are committed to stay in the if, we are able to really observe, not judge, not uh, not run from. But actually, really reserve, uh, observe what feedback are we experiencing. That is, what is life around us providing to us? Because the life around us is in giving us feedback. It is showing us what our beliefs have man have manifest have demonstrated. So when things seem to go wrong. Do you feel like a victim? Blame the circumstances or blame others? How do you relate to circumstances that aren't going your way, that aren't going in the in the desired direction? So, do you, in that blaming of circumstance or do you open or, are you open to realize that you may have had something to do with causing whatever it was that happened. Do you take responsibility for knowing that you have the power to change and to change your relationship with what is going on? This is really a very important part of this, and that is, do you believe that you have the ability to change the circumstance? And so... Are you using it? Or when you get that feedback, and maybe, and I know personally, uh, sometimes I have been known to do some things that got me some feedback that I really, really regretted getting. And then I had to look at them and say, hey, wow, I was a contributing factor. And if I was a contributing factor, then realistically, how did I relate to it? And in my relating to it, did I by chance see the feedback, become my own judge and jury, and guilt or shame myself? Did I bash myself or demean with such words as stupid or what were you thinking, you dumb, whatever? And so... Looking at feedback, looking at what's coming back at us, and then turning it on ourselves, that's not healthy and it does not serve any purpose. Uh, Partly because we are then focusing on what we don't want and we know that as we put our attention, ever we are putting it on, that it expands in our experience. Where we put our attention expands and becomes more prominent in our life. So examining feedback is a wonderful way to reveal what you have hidden inside. So you have the choice to befriend it or change it as needed in order to have the sorts of experiences you desire. What you discover may be astounding. You get to be the chooser. You get to select rather than, rather like a treasure hunt. You are able to glean what you want from it and discard what you want from it, just sorting in all directions. Sometimes the choices are simple. Other times they may wrench at your humanity when you find that following what what's called your soul's call pulls you away from the old routine uh, in which you have always shown up and the ways you've always shown up. And when it pulls you away, it may be pulling you away from old friends, old habits, old ways of being in the world. And when it does that, there's a a sadness. And yet there can be a glee at, at the sensation of at last, I am truly being last. I am expressing who I am, not who I have modeled myself to be in order to be Uh, acceptable, or in order to meet someone else's expectation. In such cases, when spirit as you declares, this is mine to do, or this is ours to do, such may be the call when it gives you the proverbial divine kick in the posterior that requires you to be visible and or vocal such may be the opportunity when suddenly you find your presence is essential to progress. Uh, perhaps your leadership may be necessary to facilitate the emergence of the greater good. It may be that there is something going on within your sphere that, um, in which someone is marginalized, someone is being bullied. Someone is being treated in a less than kind and respectful manner. And so, are you willing? It's all about maybe making you kind of uncomfortable with the question because I'm asking you to really go deep inside and start looking at am I willing to be a stand? Am I willing to be a stand for what I believe? I'm, I, am I willing to be a stand for others who may be in need? When looking or when hearing that, your response may very well be, yikes. Who, me? Why me? Why would I be the one that Spirit is calling on to make this big difference? I'd rather just sort of uh, go by the edges and be only partially live life and in only partially living life, I can get by. But then spirit says, "Be alive, be awake, be who you truly are." And when we are in this, uh, uh, when we are willing to get centered into the stillness and listen deeply, surrendering to that listening, listening with your whole being, not just your ears opening all of your senses to the stillness, in the stillness, and gathering what spirit is expressing in you as you. Sometimes it feels overwhelming. And like I say, you may be questioning, who, me? Why me? Why would I be the one to be called on to make a difference? But You see, we're all making a difference all the time. When we are being proactive, when we are being present, when we are being a resource, then we are being, uh, making a difference in life. And when we're not doing anything, when we're playing the wallflower, when we're clinging and standing by and allowing things to go on that don't align with that truth we know deep within us, then we too are, we still are definitely contributing. But what are we contributing? Is that the way we want to be in the world? Is that how we want others to be in our world? When it comes to helping somebody who may have an immediate need, if we turn our backs on them, then we are setting a model in the universe that says that if I am in need, then I... I'm probably going to get the same treatment that I just left for someone else that the others will turn their back on me. There's a story that about when the Nazis came, and when the Nazis came in Germany, and the one the speaker in this uh um, little vignette says, "Well, that didn't relate to me. I'm not, and then you fill in the blank. Well, then uh, later on, the Nazis came, and uh, but I wasn't a baker or I wasn't a blonde or I wasn't whatever, I wasn't Jewish, uh, and so I did nothing. And the writer goes on through several verses of this, but then finally the Nazis came for me, and there was no one left, no one left to speak up for me. And that's one of those where there's a reflection of how am I to be, in order to model how I wish my world to be, in order to be an active participant in it. So uh, there's uh, there's an often quoted expression: God won't give me any won't give anyone more than they can handle. It's actually a slight misquote from uh, 1 Corinthians in which Paul stated, God won't tempt us beyond what we can bear. However, elsewhere in the Bible, we find that God apparently did put people to to the test, to test their faith. In the book of Job, God, God allowed Satan to test Job to the wit's end to see if Job would buckle. To put him to a test of faith. And so Ernest Holmes, founder of Science of Mind and uh, I, declared, and I use this quote often all of the power in the universe is with you. Feel it, know it, and then act as though it were true. Evicting entrenched beliefs is not a complicated process, yet it is not necessarily easy especially if you truly want to uh, dispose of the beliefs permanently. Your beliefs are woven into the fabric of your being. To completely remove them and the habitual behaviors that help requires diligence and commitment. Although this transformation requires alertness, perseverance, and determination, I promise the result can be beyond your wildest, most fabulous dream so how does all of this relate to activism first what is activism it is the willingness to let your views be known to no longer hide them on the shelf if we believe as i do that thought precedes form then what we think and how we make it known is essential to the emergence of the greatest of our collective greatest yet to be I focus on spiritual activism, which has several uh, precepts. It originates from prayer and meditation. It connects with the highest and best for uh, for all concerned. It does no harm. It uplifts, informs, and brings light to its focus, carried out as love. It is expressed compassionately. It is kind, respectful, and honors the dignity of all. It is proactive. It's for positive transformation and not against anything. Spiritual activism is deeply contemplative and silent before, during, and after all outward action. It is the outward demonstration of an inward process soul-based rather than ego-driven. It is the willingness to be a stand on behalf of what aligns with your cosmology That is the highest and best for all. It's the letting go of old stories about why one should not be an activist. And I had a whole raft of those they were instilled by my parents. One position is a reflection of the prism through which you look at life, brilliant with oneness, celebrating the interconnectedness of everything. It is the interconnectedness, the willing to let the world know what that what is done to anyone is done to you. Jesus declared, "Truly, I tell you, whatever you did not do for the one for one of the least of these, you did not do for me." Another person that has spoken beautifully to our interconnectedness and our willingness, uh, therefore, to be a stand for one another, is Thich Nhat Khan. And he wrote a beautiful piece about please call me by my true name that, that awakens us to how we are connected, how we are not only expressing as who we think we are, but how we are all. And so I'm going to read this to you this evening. And as I said, it is called Please Call Me By My True name." Don't say that I will depart tomorrow, even today I am still arriving. Look deeply every second I am arriving to be a bud on a spring branch, to be a tiny bird with fragile wings, learning to sing sing in my new nest, to be a caterpillar in the heart of a flower, to be a jewel hiding inside a stone. I still arrive in order to laugh and to cry, to fear and to hope. The rhythm of my heart is the birth and death of all that is alive. I am the mayfly metamorphosing on the surface of the river, and I am the bird that swoops down to swallow the mayfly. I am a frog swimming happily in the clear water of a pond. And I am the grass snake that silently feeds itself on the frog. I am the child in Uganda, all skin and bones, my legs as thin as bamboo sticks. And I am the arms merchant selling deadly weapons to Uganda. I am the 12-year-old girl refugee on a small boat who throws herself into the ocean after being raped by sea pilot, pirate. And I am the pirate, my heart not yet capable of seeing and loving. I am a member of the Politburo with plenty of power in my hands, and I am the man who has to pay his debt of blood too my people dying slowly in a forced labor camp. My joy is like spring, so warm it makes flowers bloom all over the earth. My pain is like the river of tears, so vast it fills the four oceans. Call me by my true names so I can hear all my cries and all my laughter at once so I can see that my joy and my pain are one. Please call me by my true name so I can wake up and the door of my heart could be left open, the door of compassion. And so I ask you tonight to recognize that you are all one. You are not just the individual whose processes and experience you have in your immediate memory but instead we are inseparable and when we are inseparable as Jesus taught us when we, it, that anything that isn't done to the least of these is not done to him or to us it is not done on behalf of spirit in us as us so we must we must step up to being that activist that will let our heart, let be known. Let, let the world know that we stand for one another. We stand with one another. And so are you, what would it take for you to feel, know, embrace, and embody this concept of allness? Are you ready to make a change? Are you even, maybe even make lots of changes? As I've quoted before, Price Pritchard declares, change always comes bearing gifts. Are you ready to receive those gifts? Are you ready to let the world see and know your true identity and what you stand for and what you stand with? I do hope you are saying yes. Because whether that standing is in the deepest sense of prayer or in being at the march or being in some other march or some other stand, to be a spiritual activist calls you to show up as spirit, to follow divine guidance rising within you to do what spirit is nudging you to do on its behalf. Be it March, like hundreds of thousands of people will be doing this Saturday, or to sit in quiet contemplation, or anywhere in between. Because you see, Spirit calls you to be you. Just as we invite you at Center for Spiritual Living Metro to come be you with us. Open to your own divinity, align with it, be it. Be it boldly, whether that's boldly and serenely or boldly, joyously, however spirit is calling you to be, be it. This concludes our program for this evening. And just a brief reminder that Center for Spiritual Living is sponsor of this program and that uh, we meet on Sundays at 10 o'clock at the Arlington Arts Center and that we have two classes that are on board at the moment. One course is about practical mysticism and go to the website and follow the links and let me know. uh, The uh, enrollment is open for one more Tuesday. And then, uh, our foundational class, uh, will be starting at the end of the month, affirming that we have a sufficient enrollment to start then, otherwise we would delay slightly. Like, but we are eager to have you come and celebrate your uniqueness with us. Please join us. Until then, namaste.